Hey there, it's Riley Blanks-Reed, and you're listening to Self-Regard. This show elevates the depths of compassionate introspection through topics on mental health, creativity, higher consciousness, and identity. In this first six-part series of solo episodes, I will explore the delicate intersections that define our personas, such as relationships, race, habits, wellness, and solitude. The way I see it, self-regard is neither high nor low. In its purest form, it is living in a neutral state of harmony through the lens of self-respect. Join me as I reflect intimately and get excited because following this first capsule of episodes, I'll uncover fascinating, comprehensive conversations with revolutionary minds. The first part of this series is arguably most sacred. The following words compose a reflection on solitude, meaning peace and quiet, and what it means to revel in the singular experience of being alone. I'll explore the connection between the concepts of solitude and self-regard and how they can ultimately elevate our identities to a place of contentment. The majority of this episode reveals my lived experience, but in the third part, I'll offer wisdom I've gathered that has helped me enhance and utilize the time I spend alone. Before we dive in, I want to emphasize that this series is an autobiographical testament consisting of what I've experienced, why it's important to me, and how it might make you feel seen with the intent of a broadened perspective. In conversation, I've been asking people this simple yet insightful question— What is one thing that makes you happiest in life? I started asking this question because I once used it in an effort to get to know my husband better. And he said profoundly and without hesitation, a full fridge. My answer was easy too: nature that makes me feel insignificant. I've thought about why, and I suppose it's no wonder that my reason is tied to the theme of this episode— Nature provides escapes from civilization and an opportunity to connect with my wild side. Solitude in front of giant mountains on the surface of a deep blue sea or even under a dark sky out in Big Bend offers an opportunity to reflect and a chance to reconnect with my inner self. While they may be intimidating, these elements can soothe the soul They make me feel really small, or rather, they remind me that I am not my feelings nor my thoughts, but rather deeply connected to an element of life that is always present, Mother Nature. I often come back to this quote. In fact, it is one of the few quotes that lives on my desk, and that's saying a lot because I love a good quote. It says, the more you lose yourself in something bigger than yourself— the more energy you will have. It's a bit ironic because this podcast is largely about finding yourself, knowing yourself, and respecting yourself. But when I've reflected on that quote, I have replaced yourself with your ego. And I think that is a really important distinction to make. The ego is the image we have of ourselves based on external influences and unconscious desires, fears, insecurities. The self, on the other hand, is our true identity 
and individuality, independent of external factors and rooted in our inner essence and purpose. So when I say self-regard, I mean feelings of self-worth. Self-regard encompasses how we value ourselves and our abilities without others' approval. A strong self-regard affects our approach to challenges, relationships with others, and views of our place in the world. A healthy self-regard is marked by faith in the unseen, resilience, and self-compassion. Identity has always been an important topic for me. I think in part because so much of my identity in my younger years was wrapped up in a sport. I played tennis for 15 years, and it largely defined who I was and what mattered to me. I remember as a kid, I would run into people, and the first thing they'd ask me is, how's tennis? Even though I rarely pick up a racket these days, tennis remains such an instrumental part of my story. After moving on from the sport and redefining myself as an artist while coming into womanhood, navigating a new boyfriend, who's now my husband, grappling with my past, understanding my biracial identity, and dealing with all the other elements that go into being a young 20-something-year-old, I experienced a kind of grief and an overwhelm of displacement. When abrupt changes happen in life, especially when things go awry, there is an opportunity to reframe, to rediscover, to reclaim, to rebirth. I don't think it was starting over for me. It couldn't possibly be some new beginning, but it was certainly a new part, a new trail to discover. This kind of metamorphosis has happened repeatedly in my life, sometimes in big ways, sometimes in tiny ways, and I think that is a universal experience that deserves attention. Most recently, just a few months ago, I experienced a miscarriage. Recovering from the loss was no easy feat. The lifespan of grief is not measured by time, and it was hard to know when it shifted into depression or even whether I could draw a line between the two. Depression is a living entity with rights. It does not just go away. I called my reemergence a light leak in the chamber. I started dreaming again, leaning into enjoyment and immersing myself in a sacred canvas of movement. Sharing painful events is such a slippery slope. Self-expression is healing, but the commodification of trauma is harmful. And while it has been deeply connecting to share my story, I am entering into a space of moving on and discovering new terrain, and of course, a healthier level of self-regard. Because when your body doesn't listen to your brain, it can really be a mindfuck. Solitude is a space for me to connect with myself and to explore my thoughts and feelings. Here in Austin, I don't have access to mountains, but nature is all around. There is great value in putting my back against a tree, lying in a field and staring at the sky, sifting my feet through sand, or even just taking my dogs around the block. I find great fulfillment in flipping through visually provocative books, listening to classical music, writing therapeutically in a charming coffee shop, and consuming elements of life that light me up. This episode is brought to you by Spiritune. I've been using this app on a daily basis to aid in calming my anxiety, getting me in the zone for work, and helping me decompress at the end of the day. I have found that instrumental rhythmic music is nourishment for my brain. 
Spiritune combines music therapy and neuroscience to enhance your emotional well-being, no matter your mood. Based on research from leading institutions like NYU and Stanford, Spiritune creates personalized, science-driven, melodic experiences to invoke certain emotions in the brain. The app provides a seamless experience. Simply choose your current mood and desired feeling, and Spiritune will transition you into an intentional playlist that helps you reach your emotional goals. From folding clothes to tackling work projects, taking showers to getting to sleep, Spiritune has brought me immense comfort and support. And lucky for you, they're offering self-regard listeners 40% off a yearly subscription using the code TUNEIN23. That's all caps, T-U-N-E-I-N-2-3. Reimagine your mental health with Spiritune to feel great, focus better, and relax easily. One of the obstacles I faced in embracing solitude is the pressure to constantly be connected and active. In the modern day, everything is begging for our attention. To overcome this, I set boundaries for myself and prioritize my own well-being. I ask myself two questions before making a decision. Do I want to do this? Do I need to do this? If both answers are no, then the response is clear. If both are yes, then the response is clear. If it's split, then I have some cognitive thinking to do, which requires a pause. So often when I receive an invitation, I'm quick to say yes or no. But when I pause and really think about it, typically the answer is more thoughtful and more in alignment with what I actually want to do. I'm not allowing my role to look like the manager of other people's emotions or expectations, one that a true empath oftentimes fills. That would be leaning into ego, though. Instead, I'm listening to myself first. In the untethered soul, Singer says, you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. There are two distinct aspects of your inner being. The first is you, the awareness, the witness, the center of your willful intentions, and the other is that which you watch. The problem is the part that you watch never shuts up. If you could get rid of that part, even for a moment, the peace and serenity would be the nicest vacation you've ever had. In my journey of self-exploration and evolution, I've drawn stimulus and wisdom from various sources. While the majority of life force should come from within, because after all, you are always what you've got, considering places, mediums, and people that excite you, that teach you, that motivate you is crucial. Those resources become pillars that tether you to deeper understandings and comfort, like that full fridge. For me, it looks like art, all kinds, sports, which in my opinion, don't veer so far from art, music, nature, psychology, reading, and the people I hold most dear. It's worth it to write down your team of people. Who can you call when you need to return to self? When you need to be reminded of who you are, of what makes you feel good, of the purpose for living, and who's going to pick up the phone. And then tell those people they're on your team. Not only will it build connectivity, but it will likely flatter them, and there's nothing like a good covert compliment. 
In Bell Hook's book, All About Love, one of my favorite books of all time, she quotes psychiatrist Scott Peck, who echoed the work of Eric Fromm. He defines love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Will also implies choice. We do not have to love. We choose to love. She later goes on to say, Care is a dimension of love, but simply giving care does not mean we are loving. To better understand what lights you up, I want to impart a few exercises I've gathered that can make your time in solitude tactile and purposeful. Ultimately, when you're in solitude, you're in a place of contentment. You're not lonely, lusting, or distracted. You're in tune with yourself, and ultimately, that stronger sense of self will equip you to show up in profound ways for your family, your community, and society at large. Be unproductive. Sometimes the organ that needs the most restoration is the brain. Especially if you're driven and lacking patience for an unproductive day, you might really need an unproductive day. No to-do list, no phone, no computer. And if a whole day isn't possible, dedicate just a few hours to something that seems like a complete waste of time, like people watching in a cafe or sitting in a park with a book or headphones. Sometimes reflecting can lead to rumination. So let it go. We naturally replay situations in our heads, especially after something has gone wrong. But after one or two rounds, there's no learning, only a vortex of stress that can really beat us up. When you find yourself ruminating, observe it, write down what's bothering you, get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper, and dive into a shared activity that distracts you from your thoughts. Write a life map. Since your birth and up until this point, write down every poignant life happening you've experienced. It could be a song that you've listened to over and over again, a flash of a memory that won't let you be, a place you lived, people you've met and loved, people you've let go, or an extravagant story. Get a big poster board, make a starting point, draw an uneven, winding, spirally line, and arrive at the present day. It's a really neat way to see your life from an eagle-eye view and to consider past experiences that are important to you presently. Make a VIA diagram. It's the intersection of your values, interests, and abilities. Think about your values most deeply, and when you do, consider the thoughts that consume you, the topics you talk about most with other people, the activities you do frequently, and the items that you display in your home. You'll find a beautiful intersectionality that actually defines what you care about. These realizations can then lead you to a more intentional life. Setting goals doesn't have to be defined by your expectations of self or combustible pressure. Create a mantra that resonates. Land on a word or two to define a season. My words of the year are self and mourning. I actually set the word self before I changed the title of this podcast. Studying synchronicities in your life can speak to expansiveness. By embracing solitude and enhancing your self-regard, you can live in a non-dualistic state of mind and find peace and fulfillment in your journey of self-discovery. I want to leave you with a story I read in a book called Being Peace by the iconic Thich Nhat Hanh. My therapist lent it to me, and I love how accessible it is. He writes, 
A man was rowing his boat upstream on a very misty morning. Suddenly, he saw another boat coming downstream, not trying to avoid him. It was coming straight at him. He shouted, be careful, be careful. But the boat came right into him, and his boat almost sunk. The man became very angry and began to shout at the other person to give him a piece of his mind. But when he looked closely, he saw that there was no one in the other boat. It turned out that the boat just got loose and went downstream. All of his anger vanished, and he laughed and he laughed. If our perceptions are not correct, they may give us a lot of bad feelings. The teaching is that we need to look at things deeply in order to understand their own true nature, so that we will not be misled into suffering and bad feelings. Back to the theme of this episode. We need to equally look at ourselves deeply in order to understand our own true natures. And the best way to get there, undeniably, is through peace and quiet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your listening ears are the heartbeat of this podcast. If you have a moment, please subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is instrumental in the growth and visibility of self-regard. You can meet me on Instagram at Riley Blanks Reed, and you can always drop some thoughts in my inbox at Riley at WokeBeauty.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, remember, you can have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful. Music and audio production by Angelica Ray, graphic design by Daniela Marti, and visuals by Christina Fisher.